Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast, where I seek truth in the world's best books. I'm your host, Eric Rostad, coming to you from the beautiful Books of Titans studio in Franklin, Tennessee. My goal is to read 52 books per year and share what I'm learning. I'll talk a bit about each book, tie ideas together from a variety of genres, and share the one thing I always hope to remember from each book. Today, I'm going to take a step back and talk about this project as a whole. I recently had a conversation with Daniel Midson Short about the Books of Titans project. He asked me questions about my reading life, why I started this project, and what I've learned along the way. If you're new to Books of Titans, this will be a good interview to, to provide some background information about the project. If you're a longtime listener, both Daniel and I share tips we've discovered through our own re- reading ventures. Daniel is an Australian who is currently living in California, and we got connected through Instagram and have corresponded a few times over the past few years. He's a speaker, an entrepreneur, and an avid reader. He started a company called Shorthand that creates content for websites and social media. So if you need help in that arena, go to shorthandcontent.com. I'll also link to Daniel's personal website in the show notes. I'm going to take next week off for Christmas, so I wish you all a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. I'll be doing an episode around the first of the new year where I'll stack every book I read in 2020 on my desk, and then I'll pick them up one by one and share the one thing I remember from each book. I did that for the first time last year, and it was a lot of fun. It's also a great way for you to learn an important takeaway from nearly 50 books. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Daniel. Enjoy. All right. Well, Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate your time. And I know you're a busy man with your project, which we're going to get into now. But first and foremost, thanks for being here. Yeah. Glad to be here, Daniel. Yeah. It's exciting to have you on the show. As I said, just before we started recording, I feel like I know you because I've been following you for almost, I would say at least two years. And I can't remember exactly why or how I found your Instagram, but it's been very inspiring to watch your journey and you know your project that you've done the the books of titans project which we'll get into in a minute but um before we do that i'd love to hear just a little bit of your background you know who you are as a person and and you know what kind of work you do and that kind of thing just so we can get a bit of context sure sure yeah i um well as you can see with the violins in the background i'm a, I'm a musician and so uh, that's kind of the first thing i did in my life i uh, started instruments when i was young and uh for college, I studied business and I just wanted to be able to travel. And I thought business would, would offer the best opportunity to travel. Yep. After, uh, after that, uh, just some things happened to where I started doing website development. And I, I really like it because it, it, it combines part of that creative background with the music with uh, my business background. So I, mm-hmm. I help clients in their online presence. And that's mainly with their websites, but then also... Um, with research into, into how they can best use different tools online. And, uh, and yeah, I've been doing that for 12 years now. And uh, just, just, it's just me, it's just my own company. And, and um, but I, I love just the, the close interaction with the client. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great. I agree. Well, being a you know, solopreneur as well, I can relate to what you're saying and dealing with clients. They become like friends a little bit too, in some way. Yeah. You know, there, I always say like a client is under your protection. That's the way I think of oh. it. So you're helping them in their business, but you're almost protecting them as well, their interests and their needs. And yeah. It's a great way to, to frame it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, so now I know the project that we're going to talk about, the Books of Titans project has been running for about three years, but just before we jump into how that started and you know what you've learned along the way, were you much of a reader before you started the project? So pre-2017? 
Yeah, I was. Um, and I, I guess if I start from the beginning, I, I remember when I was a kid, I would read by my fish tank light. So I had a fish tank in my room. Right. And when my parents thought I was sleeping, I would I would turn that light on and uh, and, and have a book. And, and the earliest books I remember is I had the Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia okay. series yep. by C.S. Lewis. And yep. I would I, I was probably too young to get through the whole books, but I would um, I would just try to start reading those. And I lost my desire to read in high school when we were forced to do it. You yes. know? And um, <laughs> but I got back into it in college. And I, I probably spent about as much time reading in college as I did on the schoolwork. And I, I, I read a lot of the classics and just kind of got back into a, a love of reading that I had lost. Mm. And so uh, after college, uh, I, would, I would read maybe like 20, 30 books a year. Um, but I have a plan. I, I call it the serendipity where it's just I would find a book and then that would get me interested in another book. And then I'd maybe be at a book bookstore and, and pick up a book. And yep. there wasn't any real plan. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of my, my approach. And then uh, we can get into this later, but in two, late 2016, uh, I, I decided to start the project uh, with the, with the books of Titans. And, and that's when the reading really picked up after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and just before we get into that, so it sounds like you did have some, you know, interest in reading, some desire to do it before that and was always part of your life, but I can relate to, yeah, when you get, when you're forced to read, especially in school or as a required reading for college, that's when it starts to dip off, I think. So, but yeah, you know, it's great that you kept it up and it's, yeah, it's always been fascinating to me why some people are readers and some people aren't, you know, it just yeah. Seems, yeah, have it, you either keep or you lose or yeah. So, all right. So let's jump into the books of Titans project. So I know initially it came from the, the motivation was from tools of Titans. Is that right? By Tim Ferriss. Yeah. 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 So late 2016, I read tools of Titans and in that book, it's basically, he takes his podcast episodes and he, he just kind of wrote them out. Yeah. But one of the questions he asks each one of his guests are, are what is your favorite book? Mm -hmm. But with a lot of his guests, they've read so many books that they can't, they can't say a favorite book. Yeah. And so the other question he asks, which is a really good question is what book have you gifted the most? So what have you given mm -hmm. to your friends, your family members and that, and that kind of helps meet the, the rubber meet the road. Yeah. Uh, where people can't remember, Oh, what's my favorite book. Uh, but they can remember, Oh, I've given 10, copies of this one book. So while I was reading tool, uh, Tools of Titans, I would just underline all these books. And then uh, I, I, I love spreadsheets. And so while I was doing that, I just had a spreadsheet open and I, I would make a list of the book, the author. And uh, it ended up being like 120 or so books that were yeah. suggested within Tools of Titans. And little did I know he actually had a, a list of the books at the end of the book. And I could have just, you know, <laughs> kind of copied that, but it, it was actually slightly different list. So I was glad I made that list. And so I, I was looking at that list and I'm like, I want to read every single one of these books. I mean, they, they look amazing and they inspired some of the world's top performers. Like these are their favorite books. Yeah. And so maybe there's a little juice in these books that, that, you know, it would rub off on me if I, if I read, if I read those book and it, and it so greatly impacted these people. And so uh, I was like, how can I, how can I get through 120 books? I was like, well, I, I can't do that in like a year, but what if I challenge myself to one book a week? Mm -hmm. And I knew it would be a challenge. As I said before, the most I'd done before that was like 20 or 30 books. And so I, I knew it was going to be a big jump. And I knew I would have to make some changes in my life to be able to do it. But I just, I wanted to 
test it. And I kind of viewed it as an experiment of, I'm going to set this list of 52 books and I'm going to see if I can make it through it in this first year. So I started January 1st, 2017. Right. And, um, and, and then, yeah, have, have kept it up since then. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's such a you know coincidental thing. And that's why I wanted to talk to you before the end of 2020, I thought, because it's a time when people usually make those kind of resolutions. And I thought having this, you know, knowledge that you have and this experience over several years, I'm sure, you know, people will get a lot of benefit learning how you systemize that over the next couple of years. So when you so initially you had just the desire, you thought these are great books, I want to read them. Was there mm-hmm. another motivation underneath? Like, did you feel like it would make you more successful or more wise? Or I don't know, was there anything else that was driving the, the desire to read them? Yeah, definitely. Uh, one was, um, I, I, this was early 2010s. I went to a, a conference and it was, it was for website development and it was in Atlanta. And there were probably 2000 or so people there. And uh, one of the speakers got up there and he said, how many of you work in a company? And uh, there were just a handful of people who raised their hands. And then he said, how many, how many of you guys work for yourselves? And, and, you know, the majority of the room and Atlanta is full of companies. Mm. And so that was just a very shocking thing. And, and what it, what it said to me is if once you were in the company, you kind of, you felt like you had a position. You didn't feel like you had to keep continuing to learn. Mm. And maybe part of it is that you have a salary. So if, if somebody doing website development was going into a company, they were getting 40 or 50,000 a year, just, just they were working, but they're there to show up. You got, you got that. Yeah. Uh, working for myself, it was $0. Like, right. It, it, that's the starting point. It's not, it's not, you go in and do the work and you get 50,000. It's, it's zero. Yeah. And so you, you have to, you have to keep learning. You have to keep, um, you keep, you have to keep bringing value to the client. And so I thought reading was probably going to be one of the better ways to do that. Uh, just to keep up with things, with new things, uh, to challenge myself. And then, yeah, I, I, like I went to grad school for business and there are some key things that I, I don't know, like I, I should know them after right. going to grad school. And so part of it, is I just, I, I kind of feel dumb in, in a lot of really key things that I, I should, I should just know. And so again, it was, it was this desire to, to learn those things. And I guess I, I, I was figuring out that when there was the desire to want to read and to want to learn those things, I would remember that more than sitting through a class. Uh, yeah. and, and then I guess the other side of it is just being able to apply the knowledge right away. So I would try to find books that were related to my work. And, and so I could start implementing that right away with my next client or something like that. And then that would just help me to remember it as well. So yeah, a few different motivations going, going there. Uh, but really just, I, I, I love that feeling when something pops in your head when you're yeah. reading and it's a, it's a good enough feeling to where I, I, um, I, I want it more and more. And so that's, uh, you get that a lot when you're reading. And, and so I, I just love that. Yeah. hundred percent. I almost get like a, uh, an addictive feeling when I get into a book now where I start yeah. to love it so much, I can't put it down. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I'll, yeah. especially at night, I'll think, 
you know, only one more chapter, then you got to go to sleep, you know, like yeah. your own parent or something. I don't know. Yeah. So I know yeah. you mean just, yeah, the, the, the excitement of that. That's great. So when you started this project, obviously, so you had this, it was 104 books. Was that right initially? So the two years? Well, it was, um, no, it was like 120 books, but I just chose 52 out of those 120 to read the first year. In so 20, the first year, they were all based off of recommendations from Tools of Titans. Gotcha. And okay. then, um, and then the next year, I think it was like half and half, where it was half books that I really wanted to read and then half books from people that had been, they had been suggested on either the, the Tools of Titans or Tim Ferriss Show podcast or in one of his books. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you had that initial 52 plan. So January, 2017, you're all motivated. So what was the first challenge that you faced when you, you know, 20, starting the 2017, what did you, what challenges did you face straight away? Well, um, I guess my, I, I started the podcast in May of that, that year. And I, I told I told some of my friends that I was going to do this, mm-hmm. this project and almost every single one of them was okay, cool. Good luck. Right. You're, you're crazy. Have fun. Uh, but one, one person, Jason said that that looks cool. And I want to do it with you. And I want to do a podcast about each of the books. Right. And I, I, I know you're a public speaker. I am. I, I love speaking as well, but I, uh, am, am terrified of sharing my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so when he said that about, about uh, doing a podcast that terrified me. So I, I think that was probably the first big fear factor of, mm-hmm. of yeah. that. Cause we, we started that podcast and then, you know, it was every week we were covering a book and um, it, w- it was really outside of my comfort zone a lot to, to do that. And so that was, that was, and that still continues to be, be a challenge, but um but yeah, that was probably the first big, big challenge of the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, good for you for facing that too, because I know as a speaker, I know a lot of people will ask me, you know, how do I overcome that fear? And the first thing I say is you just got to do it. You know, <laughs> you got to keep forcing yourself, putting yourself in the arena and that you slowly get better and the fear starts to lower over time, which I'm sure you felt as you've done more and more, you know, of the, the podcast as well. In terms of the, um, the actual reading itself, was there any challenges that started to hit? Like, did your motivation drop or did you have lack of time or were there other habits that were getting in the way in those early days? Well, uh, that, that year, 2017, we moved. And mm-hmm. so there was, uh, there was one month where I only got through one book. Wow. Yeah. And it was Blood Meridian and I, I hated it and it was yes. like <laughs> excessively violent and I couldn't deal with it. And I actually reread it this year and had a much different experience. But yep. so I'm, uh, that, that was, that was hard because I knew I needed to be reading about uh, roughly one book a week. Um, and here I am, it's a whole month and I'm not getting through one yep. book. And so that set me back a little bit, but some of the books were shorter so I could, I could pick up time, but yeah, that, and that was like July or August of the year. So it was kind of like mid through the year and it's like, Oh, am I going to, Am I going to make it? Am I, am I going to keep I, going or, or not? And yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the toughest part of that year. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I think you're right. When you start to get into that phase where, you, you know, you're almost like, ah, oh, should I just give up for the year? You know, but you can keep going, but it's up to you. You've got that, that, that mindset starts to creep in where you, you're the person who has to catch yourself and say, I can do it. 
even yeah. with something as simple as picking up a book, right? It's it comes yeah. down to whether you want to do it or not. Yeah. Um, so I know one of the podcast episodes of yours that I have listened to, which I really loved, was the 10 rules that you set up for reading. Oh yeah. And I've I've adopted a lot of those too, by the way. And if um you wouldn't mind sharing just a couple of either those or how you developed your system, you know, over mm-hmm. the next whether it was 2017, 2018, 2019, but how your system for reading developed, because that fascinates me. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's still, I, I like to view it as an experiment. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm, I'm still trying different things. Um, and, and like I said earlier, where I was doing that, that serendipity approach, where I was just, you know, finding books and, and I was also reading like four or five at a time. Right. And yeah. one thing I was finding was that I was having trouble remembering especially mm. if, if the books were somewhat similar, if, if there are any similarity similarities at all, I would think, was it in this book or that mm. book that I read? Yes. Um, and so one thing that really sparked it is uh, my, my sister-in-law was at our, our house one day and she was looking at my bookshelves and she said, what was that book about? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> and I just read it like a month ago. Right. I could not, I couldn't tell her one thing about it. This was, this was before the, the project. And so this was actually one of the reasons I, I wanted to start the project as well is, um, is to experiment with ways to remember what I was reading because I didn't want to, I didn't want to start reading 52 books and then not remember them. Yeah. And so I put, I put a lot of things in place to, to help me remember them. And so one of them is just the, the way I mark up a book. Um, I always have a pen with me. And, and so I, I mark up, the, like I used to think books were holy in the sense mm-hmm. of I would not mark them. I, I would have a separate notebook and take notes in that, but I never wanted to mark up an actual book. And so for this project, that was one of my things is I just, I, I got rid of that fear of marking up a book. And, yeah. and, and now I, I write in them, I underline them. Um, I'll write questions in the side. I'll argue with the author, like, you know, taking the book and really viewing it as more of a, a notebook in a yes. way and to where like in the back, the back page of the book, and, and I try to get hardcover copies for this reason is uh, I, I put like the most important thing. So I can take any book off my shelf and just open it up to that back section and, and see the most important things. Mm. Um, as for, as for rules, the one that's probably been the most beneficial is just to always carry a book. Yeah. I love that. Uh, idea. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I, I've got two kids. And so sometimes we will go to the store and my wife will go into the store and I'll be in the car with one of the kids who fell asleep. And if I didn't have a book, I would just have my phone and, yes. you know, be scrolling, but just having the book in the car with me or having the book at an appointment and I'm waiting for the appointment five, 10 minutes, like all that adds up. Mm. And and so that's, that's one of the, I guess, the things that, that I just never even thought about doing, but it's something really simple that can, that can have a big impact. Yeah. The other ones where I just needed to find things that were taking time that were not, I guess, making, leading to the person that I wanted to become. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of great shows on TV. Uh, there's a lot of great educational shows. Great. I, I love movies. To me, one of the greatest uh, just peaceful things you can do is go to a movie, but mm-hmm. um, it, it was not getting me to, to where I wanted to be. So I decided I had to give up TV and, and more just like not 
always having it on because it just adds to, to all this noise going on yes. in your head. So it's just kind of different things like that and, and experiments and, and testing things and seeing what worked and what didn't. And then just having that plan in place of like, I want to get through 52 books this year. And knowing that if I didn't get through this book right now, and now I read just one at a time. So if I don't get through that book, I can't continue to the next book. Yeah. So it kind of helps just move everything along because I, I want to keep getting to the next book. And so, yeah, just a lot of trial and error and, and experimentation. Absolutely. One of the things that I love that you do, especially on Instagram, I always notice is you'll say, you know, page 113 of 452 and I have to read 52 pages a day or, you know, whatever your numbers yeah. are. But it's very, it's very metrics based. And so it's almost, it just gives you a little bit of a roadmap rather than saying, oh, I got to finish this book this week. Like it's almost like a school project. You know, you can measure, okay, today I read 10 pages, today I read 15, whatever. But you yeah. see the metric process, which I think is very, it's a brilliant strategy just to do that. Well, and that's a, that's a really, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a, that's a key part of this. And, and part of the reason I share every day is uh, it's, it's kind of like the Jocko Willink where he, he shows a picture of his watch every morning. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I like to do that with a book just to, to, to show that it, it, it is a daily habit. Yeah. Like it's got to be, if, if you want to get through a lot of books, it's got to become part of your life and it's got to become a daily habit. So that's part of it. And then also I don't view it as 52 books per year. I don't view it as one book a week because some of the books are super long and some of them are short. Yeah. And so what I do is I add all the pages together and then I divide by 365. So I know that I need to be at, for this year, it was like 47 pages or so per day. So I know if, if someday I'm below that, I know that another day I'm going to be, need to be above that. Uh, so it, and, and then doing, I call it a Sunday status where I, I just kind of give the, the, how, how I'm doing at that point for, for, but for the year. So it's kind of a year to date check-in yep. and, and I'll put, you know, I'm, I'm ahead or I'm behind and this year I'm very behind, but, uh, but it just kind of helps keep me focused. And then there's a lot of power in just sharing it, you know, like sharing, this is what I want to do this year. I want to read these books. And so it almost becomes an accountability part as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and on the flip side, just so you know, as a viewer of that, as a consumer of, you know, that I think it motivates me to keep going as well. So it's, I don't know if you know that, but it has a kick on effect to the people who, you know, you share it with where I think got to get back on track, you know, if I yeah. get busy with work or TV or whatever, you know, else I'm distracting myself with, I think, okay, Eric's doing it. I got to do it too. <laughs> so, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love on your website too, on the books of titan.com, you've got, um, you know, the currently reading next up. So it's almost like a, you know, the, like a, it's like a TV show, you know, this is what's on now. This is what's coming next. You've done that with books, which I think is brilliant. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, great stuff. Um, and by the way, just a plug for you too. If you haven't checked out booksoftitans.com, it's well worth checking out because there's a lot of info there, all the links to the podcast. And so that's uh, well worth your time to do that if you're reading fanatic or aficionado, aficionado, if I can say that word right. <laughs> so what do you think would be the biggest sacrifice that you've had to make? I mean, you were just saying that, you know, you love movies and things like that. Is there anything you've had to sacrifice or give up to, to hit your reading goal? Sleep. Um, and, <laughs> and that kind of came to a head recently to where I realized that giving up sleep is not a wise thing to do yeah. either. Sure. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's always a balancing act. 
uh, work has been really crazy this year. And, and to where, what I try to do is I try to work during the day and then have early mornings and, and late evenings when my family's sleeping to be my reading time. Mm. But I, I've had to be working at late at night sometimes. And so that's, that's kind of bled into my, my usual reading time. And so there's the balance of that. Um, and, and in that, that 10 rules episode that, that you listened to the, the one rule was, uh, family first. Yes. And I'd, I'd say that's probably been the biggest struggle. Uh, in, I mean, I, I try to read when they're sleeping, but I, I, what I've realized lately is that my mind, even when I'm with them, my mind will be, Oh, I, I I'm, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the book I'm reading, or mm. I'm going to be reading once they're sleeping. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's been probably one of the biggest struggles is just being able to, to separate things to where I'm present when I'm with my family. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great insight because I think, you know, you sort of reminded me of like a, you know, the, the sort of cliched picture of the dad watching the football game and ignoring his kids or something, you know, mm-hmm. you're almost doing it like mentally with a book, you know, I've got to, I've got to get yeah. back to this book. Right. But yeah, it's, it's very easy to do, but yeah, that idea of family first, you know what the, the ultimate priority is. And of course your business, cause you run your own company, you know, it all depends on you. So those things I'm sure have to come first before you can work on your project, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. Yeah. And, and that's a good point, I think too, because whenever someone has something in their life that they want to devote time and energy to, it's never the only thing, you know, unless you're a yeah. monk or something <laughs> yeah. in isolation in the cave, I don't know, you're going to have to deal with real life alongside whatever it is you want to achieve. So yeah, I think yeah. that's a good point. And, and I love what you said there about sleep too. That's something I've really dedicated myself to, particularly the last couple of months is mm-hmm. getting really good sleep. And it's, it's made a huge impact in my life. I don't know if you've noticed that if you get good sleep, it helps you to remember more and focus yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. So, great stuff. Um, so then once you finished 2017, you did the first year of the project, what was the motivation to do the second year? Was it a different kind of motivation or was it just continuing the same momentum that you had? Yeah. Continuing. And, and then also just changing up where I was getting my ideas for the books as well. Mm-hmm. So the first year was all, all from the Tim Ferriss show podcast and yep. the tools of Titans book. The second year was kind of half and half. And then um, 2019 was almost all just books that I, I wanted to read. Yes. And so that kind of gets more into my, my method of, of choosing. So I, I spent like, I spent the entire year this year thinking about what I want to read next year. Yeah. Um, and, and then next year I'll be thinking about what I want to read so, at, and it's really fun. I mean, I, lo- I love it because I'm getting ideas from, and, and I've, I've, I've got this notebook and this is my everything notebook for, and I get one a year. Mm-hmm. And, and at the very beginning, the, the very first page is just books I come across that, that seem interesting. Yeah. And what's funny is, is I'll notice that I've written the same book twice and not, not even realize it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. maybe I, I walked into a bookstore and I saw this and it, and it looked really interesting. And then a buddy of mine texts me and says, Hey, you need to check out this book. So it's like, I've gotten, I've gotten that recommendation or, or I've seen that book come across two different times. Mm-hmm. And um, so by the end of the year in, in this notebook, I might have like 150 books written down. And, and then it's just a, a, like, what's, what's my favorite child type thing at, the, at that <laughs> point of, of choosing between these books, all these books that I really want to read. Yeah. And, and the, the benefit of that is that I, 
I, I read very few books that I want to quit mm -hmm. because these are books I really want to read. That's a great, and yeah. So, you know, what uh, I get, one of the questions I get a lot with this, with this project is what, what happens when you come across a book that you, you just don't want to finish. Mm -hmm. And one thing is for this project, I've committed to finishing every book that I read. So, uh, and, and I, I understand the, the, the thought process behind quitting a book when it's not good. And, and I suggest that to people, especially if they're reading multiple books at the same time, because before I started this project, I, I would get stuck in a book and then I would be in that book for three months or something. Yes. So that's not a wise thing. Like feel free to get rid of a book, but for this project, I've made it to where I, I will go through all, all, all the way through the book. But I've thought about these books so long that I really be, I really want to be reading these books. So mm -hmm. it, it kind of gets rid of those not so good books. And then it also like, with the serendipity approach, I would see a new book come out and maybe it was just marketed really well, but it's a really poor book. And, but it just seems like it's going to be a book, good book because it's marketed well. Yes. But if you wait like a year or two, usually those books kind of fall by the wayside. And so it, it also helps make the, the better books stand out. Mm, as, that's a great insight too. Yeah, because I think you're right. Because there is that, especially if you are a reader and something new comes out, you do have that you know, kind of what are you going to say the newness factor, you know, oh, I got to put this one on the list now, but you're saying yeah. wait that year or so just to see, let other people road test it for you. See if it yeah. sticks around. Yeah. That's very wise. And I love that idea too. Like you said, not uh, by the time a book makes it to you actually reading it, you've wanted to read it for a while. It's not like you just randomly picked it up yesterday and, oh, maybe I'll read this. There's yeah. the feeling of, okay, I'm looking forward to this one on the list. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's genius. Has there been any books just out of interest where someone, you know, I don't know, told you to read it. I know you mentioned blood Meridian, for instance, um, you know, told you to read it and you're halfway through and you're thinking, what the hell am I reading this for? <laughs> Has yeah. Ever had that? yeah. There's been a few of those. And, and what's really funny is, you know, the whole project started with the suggestions from the, the Tim Ferriss show podcast and, and yep. Tim Ferriss himself had suggested some of the books and those were some of the, some of the books I hated the, the most. <laughs> and so it was just kind of funny. Like, it's like, why did he recommend this? But it, it brings up a good point too, of that a book can hit somebody in a unique way. Yes. And it be the perfect book for the perfect time in that person's life. And I think the books that I didn't like that Tim Ferriss really liked were books that for his particular point in his life, it was just the perfect book and it, it mm -hmm. had huge impact. Um, and, and I guess the key is trying to find those books for yourself. Yes. Uh, because that, that can turn you from a non-reader into a reader immediately. You know, you, yeah. you find the right book and, and it'll change your life. So yeah. 100%. It's very true. One of my favorite books, for instance, is um, it's an old autobiography by Arnold Schwarzenegger written in the literally the 1970s. And it's called The Educational oh, wow. Bodybuilder. Oh, and wow. It, it's written by Arnold. And you can tell it's like someone's he's just dictated it to someone. But it's yeah. so simplistic in the ideas, but they're powerful because it just shows you his mindset as he grew through his bodybuilding years into becoming an actor. And oh, that's, that's cool. kind of where it ends, you know, but 
it's so simple and I would have never thought a book like that would have appealed to me. But at that time in my life, I think I was 20 when I read it, you know, I was in that sort of phase of discovering myself too. So I know what you're saying, Yeah. you know, and I've actually kept that book. I'm a super minimalist, but I brought that book with me from Australia to America. <laughs> one of my precious books because every couple of years I read it again and go, that's right. You know, so, oh, and it's cool. all marked up, like you said. Yeah. Interesting that, um, yeah, it's, it's funny how you can kind of get caught in, I don't know what someone else's uh, opinion or appeal for a book like Tim Ferriss is saying it doesn't, uh, you know, relate to you. That's, yeah, that's a good insight too. Interesting. Yeah, though, just go ahead. sorry to go back to the other point too. Like the books that have been the most disappointing are, are those that I just jumped the gun too fast. Like they were, mm-hmm. they were brand new books and I, I, they looked really good, but I, when, when I look back on it, I think the author just had a ton of money and just yeah. pushed it and, and marketed it like crazy. Yep. And th- those are the books that I've disliked the most. So it, it just kind of reinforces that idea of just, just give it, give it time. You know, like, like there's no, there's no rush to get into a, a brand new book. Um, and I'll still read relatively new books, but um, I think the further along I get in this project, I, the more apt I am to read books that have, have stood the test of time. Mm, a little yeah. Longer. That's a brilliant insight. I'm going, to, I'm going to remember that next time I'm tempted to pick up a book that's, you know, brand new or <laughs> new and noteworthy yeah. bookstore. Wait, hang on, give it a year, you know, come back. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. That's great. Um, so if you came across someone who didn't like reading, this is kind of the, you know, contrarian point of view. Say they say, oh, I hate reading or I just can't get into books. Would you have anything to say to them about, you know, the, whether it's the value of reading or, you know, the, how you would change their mind? I heard some guys say... Um, if you're watching Netflix instead of reading a book, you just haven't found the right book. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I, I, to that person who doesn't like reading, I, I guess I would just try to, to talk to them to see what they're, they're interested in yeah. and see if, the, if, if there would be a book that, that I would suggest, or, or just even trying to get the person interested in the act of reading because people are pretty good about finding books. They, I mean, you, you put somebody in a bookstore, they're going to gravitate to certain, certain areas. Yeah. So it's just kind of finding that initial book to get things going because books come from other books and they speak to other books. And so once you start down that path, like you'll want to, to read more, Mm -hmm. um, so there's that aspect of it. And then I think just for right now, like another question I get a lot is how, how do I read with all the distractions? And, and I think that's, that's a really big hurdle for a new reader. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a big hurdle for me. Like the temptation to look at the phone is always there. And yes. um, so how, how do you minimize that? Or like, you know, and, and so maybe it's starting small and, and just trying to do five pages a day or something with your phone in a different room and your computer in a different room, you know, like just any, anything that might tempt you to, to, to look quick if you get bored or something. Cause like yeah. sometimes you got to stick, stick with a book for a little while to get the the meat of it. And so, yeah, for a, for a new user, it would just be, or a new reader to, to, to just doing small incremental steps to, to just start the process, but with a book that they, not that somebody told them to read or it's on a bestseller list or is the, 
even an old book that is, you know, amazing. It's like, if they're into motorcycles, can we find a book about motorcycles that they would just eat up because that that's probably going to be a better path for that person than trying to get them to read a classic or something like that. Yeah. hundred percent. It's funny, actually, my uh, mother took a photo of me when I was a baby with my dad. He was lying in bed reading a book and the book was called Practical Household Drainage. (laughs) 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 And we always laugh about it. (laughs) It sounds like the worst book, but he worked in, you know, plumbing and construction. So (laughs) he's he's holding me in one arm. And (laughs) so I mean, talking about, you know, specialist interests. I mean, I thought you can't get much more interested than that. (laughs) But you're right, the right person, you know, that could be really interesting and appealing or motorcycles or you know whatever it is you know ghost stories or who knows but something that can grab you as a person that appeals to you yeah yeah um, do, do you have a split in terms of fiction versus non-fiction is that something that you comes into when you're picking your books for the year it's not um but th- this year it was all, it was almost an even split mm-hmm. and I, yeah i didn't plan it that way i i do have a few buckets where uh, there's certain authors I want to read each year, um, or certain topics. Um, and so I have a few buckets that are set, but even within that, it it could be fiction or nonfiction for each of those buckets. So yeah, I I think it's funny though, that it it did go kind of half and half. I'd say the the first year though, was a lot more nonfiction. Right. Um, but I think, I think fiction can speak truths louder than nonfiction a lot of times and then it can it can bypass a lot of the filters you have in your head mm-hmm. because you're, you're kind of getting involved in a story and then you you might see yourself in a character or you might see like if, in a nonfiction book if something if if the nonfiction book said you you probably do this and you need to stop doing this and, and change and do this like you're like i don't do that mm-hmm. but like if you see it in a in a character you're like oh wow Oh, okay. Like it, it just hits you in a different way. And so, yeah. And when I come across people too, that say, well, I only read nonfiction. I, I try to encourage to read fiction because there there's, there's a lot of special things in, in fiction. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree. Over the past couple of years, I've forced myself initially to read a couple of science fiction books. Oh yeah. Cause I was never really into that genre and a couple of my friends, one of them actually is an author and, you know, he's a big, fanatic of science fiction he said read this and read this and so i've started to slowly lean okay now i can understand because it's a very you have to really extend your imagination with those kind of books yeah it's you know the story of someone in the real world that we live in let's say it's something that's very out there yeah yeah it's an exercise in kind of imagining and thinking that you wouldn't normally have as well yeah yeah that's great. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And then I don't know if you remember, but I, uh, I don't know it was a year or so ago, but I actually asked you a question on Instagram and I said, I was very curious to know how your thinking had changed from reading so much. And I actually mm-hmm. can't remember what you said. I remember at the time it was very insightful, <laughs> but do you, do you have a thought on that? How your thinking has changed as a result of being such a diligent reader? Yeah. And it, and it was something that uh, surprised me in that one, one thing is I, I actually thought it would be too much in the sense of, of just kind of overload, yeah. but it, it had an opposite effect in that you start to see, you start to see things that are important because you start to see 
common ideas across multiple books. Yes. And you, you see, you'll see the same idea in a book of fiction, a book of nonfiction, a biography, a science fiction book. And, and, and so it actually kind of hones your thinking because you, you realize that's a really important idea if it keeps popping up and if it keeps popping up in a wide variety of books. So a few of those things are like the importance of time mm -hmm. uh, that came up in the second book I read, uh, Old Man and the Sea by Hemingway. But it comes up in a lot of nonfiction books of productivity or, or you know, keeping focus on the important things in life. Yeah. So, so that's one, one idea. The other one is daily habits. Daily habits will come up in, in almost every, every book, but like in a, in a variety of different ways, uh, not just things, but like ways of thinking and, and all sorts of things. So it, it just, it kind of helps hone different ideas that, uh, so instead of like just all these ideas popping out, it actually kind of helps you find the ones that stick out in a variety of places. Yeah, almost like pattern recognition, I guess, a little bit. Just yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Identify them quicker. And interesting, you're saying you identified across fiction versus nonfiction as well. That's really fascinating. I could see that. Yeah, well. yeah. I mean, I, I did not did not expect that at all. So that was kind of a neat, neat takeaway. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, sir, I mean, that's it's such an inspirational story. And that's why I wanted to talk with you. I, I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Do you have any final, I don't know, advice or suggestions or encouraging words for people who want to be more like you and want to read more in the coming year? Hmm. One thing I do that it, that is, it, it has helped is uh, once I pick my list, I randomize it. Okay. And I think it's really helped because if I put the books in order, I would, I would, maybe not even with, with thinking of it, but just stack the ones that I really want to read at the beginning of the year. Yes. But if you run it through a randomizer and, and there's one at like random.org, mm -hmm. you can, you can put in a list of, of things and it'll, it'll ran. I, I do that with work sometimes. Like if I have a bunch of tasks, I'll just put it through the randomizer and then it just kind of like that's freshens cool. things yeah. up or something. Yeah, but yeah, that's, um, that's been like a, a surprising thing that's helped with the project because then it's not me putting them in the order I want to read them, but it's just, it's random. And then I start at book one and I just go, go through the list. And I, I've had to jump around a few times this year. Um, just, I, I jumped around a week ago with, I started Pride and Prejudice and just, I had so much on my mind with work that I, I, I just, I couldn't focus on the characters. Yeah. And so I'm putting it off until later this year. I, I do, I, I do plan to get to it, but um, I just, I just couldn't do it right now. So, but in general, I try, I try to just go th straight through that list that has been randomized. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just, if, if you're, if you're going to start something like this, just don't, don't get angry at yourself. If you don't get, just think of it as an experiment. Like you, you're constantly experimenting to see yes. how you can read more, um, how you can get more out of your books. Like, I don't want to blow through a bunch of books and not remember anything. So I, I, I'd rather not make it through all the books and, and, and really spend some deep time in some of them than, than um, try to hit a, a magic number of, of books or something. Yeah. So I just point. always treat it as an experiment and in a way to, to keep learning on, on what works best for you, because something may work well for me and, and not work for you at all. And, and something may work well for you and not for me. So 
That's great. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea that it's, you know, your own journey. It's not necessarily about, yeah, like you said, you don't have to hit 52 in 52 weeks. No one's going to, I don't know if it happens for you, but I'm sure, you know, it, you know, um, confetti doesn't pop out when you finish the last book or whatever. <laughs> it's just onto the next one. But the the journey, I guess, is the reward, right? That what you're learning yeah. and the enjoyment and getting into it. And you know, even what was interesting to me was how you had read, um, you know, Cormac McCarthy's book three years ago, hated it, and then really, you know, had a different perspective the second time. You know, so even yeah. that can happen with more time and experience. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, Eric, this has been really inspiring. It's definitely put, set me up. I don't know if I'm going to do 52 books, but I'm definitely going to do, I would say, at least 20 for next year. <laughs> I have cool. a lot of projects in terms of, in, as well as learning guitar for myself. That's one of my goals for next oh, nice. year. So I've already started, nice. but I started to dedicate time to that too. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll stay. Send, send, me your, send me your list once you've uh Absolutely, you yeah. The, I might have to books. have a look at your past list as well. Maybe pick a few out. And, but yeah, I'll use the randomizer and the, the list. I know Atlas Shrug is on the list. That's one I've been putting off for a couple oh, of years. Oh, good. That's definitely yeah. one on the list. <laughs> yeah. So I can tell you that. And uh, yeah. Well, now if people want to learn more about your projects, um, where can they find more about you and, and follow you? Yeah. The best place to go is booksoftitans.com. Um, I'm actually working on some updates there. Mm -hmm. I'm creating a resources page right now where uh, at the very top of it, I have a spreadsheet you can download. It's free. I don't, I don't even ask for your email address or anything. It's just... It's in Excel format and Apple numbers, but it's, it's the exact spreadsheet I use to track my reading. So it's, it's got a column for you to put in page numbers and then it calculates them all. And then there's a, a calculation on the side that helps you know how many pages you need per day to get through all your books in the list. Um, so you can do that. And then I just, I just try to keep different resources and I'm going to be adding to that page, but just things to help you read better find the best books, um, tips, di just different, different things to help you along on the, on the journey. So, um, yeah, books of Titans.com and, and pretty much everything else is, is linked from there. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for your time and your inspiration and your diligence. I really love that. The fact that you've stuck at it. It's been very inspiring and yeah, I hope oh, we can thanks. continue the journey of reading together. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all the best. Sir. Thanks. And, uh, Daniel. Thank you. We'll, we'll speak again soon. Thanks. All right. Bye. -bye.